is most of Musab episode number eight. Today in the studio, I have my friend who is a professional photographer. Welcome, David Gaborik. Oh, thank you, Mazda. How also, are you? Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it's very humble that you introduced me as a professional photographer because I have, I have never seen myself as a... Really not. I've only seen myself as a guy who takes photos and also do other things, but that's it. You take professional photos that make you a professional photographer. I guess that might be the definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we've Great. only met a couple of times. I remember the first time I met you, you, you were just walking with this small light, like a lightsaber. And now you have like a home studio, you have these big fancy lights. How did yeah. you get there? Well, I have a... Um... start with, how did you start with <laughs> photography? Well, when, when I started shooting, uh, well, it was about three years ago, three, three and a half overall. Yeah, we were going on quite nice uh, family vacation. We, we inherited some money and was going to go do some cool things. And I figured... Yeah, I should make a video about this. I bought a tiny camera. Then I figured I might as well buy a bigger camera. <laughs> so I, I got a little uh, small action camera, and then I bought my my first entry level DSLR. And I started doing trying trying to do like YouTube videos for like a half a year, a year. And then I realized it was just much quicker to uh, to take a photo and have something to show than to sort of do all the video and then mm-hmm. edit and then do something to show up for it. So then I started sort of rotating towards photography in a bit. Mm. More or less. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's it. I also have um, I have. I'm not sure. I like I like to say that I have a little hint of Asperger's. Just, you know. Sorry, I don't know what that is. Can you yeah. explain it? To me? <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. Um, I I feel like I have some some tendencies to to the spectrum. Okay. Sort of the, the but what is the diagnosis or what are the effects? <sighs> yeah, in, in my case, um, I have uh, well, uh, constant anxiety. I have the. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the mind ghosts, as in I have a really strict. Um, I'm trying to find a good word in English for it, but it's, you know, um, uh, overly controlled behavior. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I have a few things that sort of sort of loops in and things that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the upsides about this is that I have I have sort of two modes. I have either I either go at something at 250 percent, I go at something at zero. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have any any in between. So once I start doing something, it just goes goes crazy, and that was happy with photography. It's just uh, I needed something to. Um, to, to leave the house a bit more. Before that, I was just playing video games. Mm-hmm. We adopted a dog, and they just wanted to get out more, and then I tried to, yeah, let's try to, to shoot and to focus. And then mm-hmm. I just deep-dived. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have so much care now. Yeah. <laughs> so you do mostly portrait shoots, and, yeah. like, I have anxiety as well, and that's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of portrait shoots because mm. I don't want that other person to have all these expectations and everything. Yeah. How do you deal with that then? Do you have? Are you comfortable now doing shoots, or do you still have that kind of thing? Oh, always, mm-hmm. every single one. I mean, it's uh, I have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, always excited. It's 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 a constant reminder. <laughs> it's it's always there. Um, all the what do you call it? The, the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that you like. You don't really. That's why I sort of laugh when you say professional photographer because mm-hmm. I don't see myself as that. You know, clear imposter syndrome focus because I can't really see objective at my work because mm-hmm. I don't really. Yeah, I mean, it's just just me taking photos. Uh, but yeah, definitely, always anxiety. Um, but the I've come to a point where the work sort of speak for itself. And even though I still sort of feel bad, because people reach out, say, hey, can we shoot? It's like, yeah, no worries. Um, I just, these are my rules. Don't edit my photos. I'll give you five shots. Tag me whenever you're posting them. And if they can like, nah, I don't want to do that, uh, I still still hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's not like, it's, a, it's not an unfair deal. I spent 15 hours on you. And all you have to do is write my name when you post your photos. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna go deep dive into that one. But yeah, that's um, definitely exciting. Always, always sort of curious what they think. Um, always want to. Uh, I would try to play very, very openly. So it's okay. I'm gonna take these pictures. I'm gonna send them over to you. You can choose which ones you want, and then I will do my work for them. And then it's mm. when I send over the finished product, I was like, okay, I hope you like them. Please say you like them. Because mm -hmm. if you don't like them, mm -hmm. it's gonna hurt. <laughs> And with anxiety, when people say that they like them, you still think, no, they're just, yeah, they're just being nice, they're <laughs> just, just being polite. They're just being polite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. So it's, it's sort, of, sort, of, sort of become like a gimmick that's like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I, I know that you like them. I'm just fishing for compliments here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really me not being sure if they, yeah. they enjoy it or not. Yeah, in the beginning, when I started doing um, shoots with people as well, one of the first ones, I, I didn't set the rules and parameters like clearly before the shoot and then when the model took all the pictures she put like bad filter on it and didn't even tag me and when i confronted her about it she was like oh it's my instagram i can do whatever i want yeah have you had those experiences yes extensively uh so many times mm. i am um, yeah but now it's come to a point where i've actually since i had a bunch of those experiences i mean my worst i have a few worse it was when she wanted some sort of cover art for a spotify album and so it's like, oh, okay, sure, we went out, we shot. I, was, I wasn't very happy with the images. Um, she got them anyway. She sent me, she sent the image like for, back for reruns, retouching like seven or eight times. Oof. And then she just got angry with me because I didn't give her all the images. And I was like, how can you, I've spent 20 hours on you. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a single penny for this. How can you put demands on me at this point? Mm -hmm. um, so actually I started writing, I have, I have a pit. I have, a, have a piece of text uh, saved on my phone. So whenever I'm doing a new sort of collaboration, hmm. I was like, okay, this is how I work. And then I send all the information and I said, if that sounds good to you, we can continue working. If that doesn't <laughs> sound good, thank you. Yeah. Then I always, always have anxiety because I don't I, I want them to like me. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, that's what I've come to. Um, I've, even, I've even added a few things to it uh, throughout the day. I mean, I think last week, um, I added a slide of piece of text that, yeah, you, you need to be over the age of 18 at least. Because um, that one girl that sort of, I was shooting with her and she, she wanted one change and her boyfriend was there and I talked to him. I was like, okay, how, how old are you guys anyway? Uh, it's like, oh no, she's 17. I was like, okay, so technically I'm not even allowed to post anything of these yeah. because I don't have her legal guardian sign. So I said, like, okay, well, I'm going to take your photos. you got to get them, but I'm not going <laughs> to touch anything <laughs> because I promised you to. Yeah, it's a very mm, tricky area. Um, you know Jessica Kobesi on YouTube? Yeah. yeah uh, when I was starting in the beginning, I saw like one of her videos that you should always send a contract type of yeah. document to a person. To a, I've never done it. I should. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, I mean, at least at least something to have. So I've, I like the clear rules. I mean, that's some. It's, it's a bit of the OCD or sort of mm -hmm. obsessively control disorder, or sort of like the spectrum vibes. I feel like I, I like to have clear rules because I love my mm -hmm. my OCD is, is all about uh, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I panic if something yeah. if I do something wrong or like kind of way. So so I always want to have like clear control areas. So I want to be mm -hmm. okay. This is how the process is gonna be. This is how I'm gonna do it, and then I can always follow that process because mm. um, I don't want to have the argument later on. Like, I mean, I had a fight last week with a guy. <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is constant. So even after sending documents, there are still some. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this this guy, this, he was he was part of a modeling agency, and the modeling agency used to use my images without tagging or writing or anything. I did I didn't have a deal with them, uh, and I also saw him coming in commenting, "Oh, I love this, thank you so much," and I was like, "Okay, so." So I find these images 12 hours after they post them. I'll send, I send him a text, hey, don't use my images. 
unless you tag me, and also you broke the contract. Mm -hmm. Please, please remove. And I sent, and then I, I, I fought, fought with the agency. The good thing about Sweden in that way is that no matter if if you have any contract or whatever, as you are the one to press the, sh the shutter button, you are always the copyright holder of that content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whatever you do, like whatever situation, this is actually worldwide. If you are the one to press the button, you are the contract holder. Oh, it's, it's, there's a quite funny piece about that, but I don't know if you know that the monkey took a selfie. Monkey, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that. The Peter fought the. Yeah, he fought, yeah. and 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 the, there was exactly this ground why Peter fought him because technically the monkey pressed the shutter, meaning that the monkey is the copyright holder of that mm -hmm. image, and you get all the money yeah. generated from it. <laughs> and if a photographer claimed, but it's my camera, it's all my gear. But by law, by definition, the one that pressed the shutter owns the right to the images, which in this theory is this monkey. Uh, yeah, so you, so you always have that. So if they, yeah. especially if they use your images, if they use it for profits, as if they tend to make money out of it, it's, for example, if they're a modeling agency mm -hmm. and they want to promote their business with your images, you are you have full right to build them for it. Because That's a good thing you're telling me. I <laughs> need to contact some people. <laughs> because you're already a corporate holder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you, you can do quite a lot if with, with things and with other people's content as long as you do not put any financial gains behind it. Um, so, so as a creator, I mean, you um, so it's always good to know. So if someone tried to profit on your stuff, you'll click the shutter. If you still have the raw image, you, you can prove that you own the image, mm -hmm. then you can. But what if you're using someone else's camera to take the pictures? Doesn't matter. You, st you click the button, you're still? Yeah, technically still. But then again, if you're using someone else's camera and they have the raw images, when it comes to technical sort of proofing situation, it's mm -hmm. gonna use your words against his word, yeah, and he has the raw images, yeah. so he has to prove that he has them. Uh, but yeah, in by law and technical terms, this mm -hmm. one is press the button. Okay, what if you're holding your camera, but I use my phone to connect it to the Wi-Fi and take the picture? Hmm. Technically, you press the shutter, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, go I'm gonna say that you uh, you own the image there. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not an expert in a sense, but yeah, that's that's the overall. <laughs> So yeah, I've, I've bought a lot of things. I actually got a few, um, actually I had this one guy that was, this took my images and he was just being, he was just being fair and rude. He started insulting me and stuff because I didn't want to give him more images for free because he put filters on them. So well, I, also, I, I took back all the rights and he started posting my images to Spotify, to his accounts, because he was this Latino rapper. And I was like, you can't do that because I own the images, take him down. I was like, I don't care what you think. I tag you, this is mine by law. So I just emailed Spotify and I got us all these songs removed. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, all, all these songs related to my images. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I was basically made a copyright claim for, mm. for the songs. That's that, a boss move. Yeah, I mean, I told him I was going to do it. And mm -hmm. I was like, don't post this because that's my image. You are not allowed to use it. And he's like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, then this will happen. And then that happened. Yeah, I guess I trust people. I tend to trust people when I don't really know them. Like when you're collaborating with some person, you're assuming the other person is also coming in good faith, yeah. but that's not really the case always. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I always have that assumption as well. Mm. I've just been burned a few times. So that's, and it uh, hurts more when another artist is doing that because they know the struggle of yeah. like creating an art and holding, like my art is my a part of my identity yeah. and that's everything I have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's... it's yeah, it's a sign of respect, really, because I don't, I mean, when, whenever I, if, if I shoot someone, I mean, I, I probably spend 10 to, between 10 to 15 hours, 10 to 20 hours on that shoot. Wow. That's, I mean, that's that's traveling there, that's ringing up, you maybe shoot for two to four hours, depending mm -hmm. on the sign, you, you take everything down, you go back home, uh, you spend maybe an hour, two hours sorting, um, then you spend maybe four hours editing. And 
and somewhere you feel like okay I should deserve some respect for giving mm -hmm. you all this yeah, hour yeah, so yeah. at least you can do is be nice to me and sort of withhold to the, uh, the sort of agreements mm -hmm. that we sort of came up with so yes I don't know that's uh, it's up and down yeah I'll stop doing public casting calls at least that's uh, what's our public casting call uh, sorry I've, I've stopped doing uh, I used to do like shout outs like this anime want to shoot this are areas and then people just randomly connect uh -huh, okay, okay. Um, or so like, you mostly like, wait for the people to contact you for a shoot? Yeah, or I contact people myself. Uh, mm. Or just public uh, public Facebook groups. Okay, Hello, okay. people. Contact me if you want. Because what I realized is that you, the, the people you want to shoot with are the ones that want to they wanna put some sort of effort into, into shooting with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that effort could be as simple as they asking you to shoot. Yeah. They like yourself, they ask you to shoot. Um, because if you simply just present it for <coughs> to them, then it's okay least amount of effort to get that they will not be as involved or as a sort of a mind game to get people to do things it's just a it's all it's also a good trick if you I use it for work mm. tons if you yeah. if you don't if you don't want to do anything or if, if, or if people ask you a question like can you can you do this like on the spot and you feel okay this is distances and really gonna uh, perform or end or give a create any value for either myself yeah. or him or the client but he assessed it because of some reason um, just give them a, a small task uh, beforehand okay it's like for example hey, would you mind just just writing down your question in an email and i will get back to you as soon as i can mm -hmm. nine times out of ten they will never send that email because mm -hmm. it wasn't that important mm -hmm. so yeah so as long as people give something i mean take up a little bit of the time to write a question or to to reach out or actually sacrifice something of their own yeah, like, yeah. like some time uh, it usually ends up in a better collaboration the thing that always always i find it weird is that Sometimes, like models will ask photographers for money, and then yeah. sometimes photographers will ask models for money, and then it's kind of confusing to me. I mean, it in a way, in my head, I feel like okay, if a photographer wants to do a shoot and contacts them, then you give them money. But if a model, I mean, whoever has the demand has to pay the price, right? Is that how you think as well? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah, it should be. I mean, I've I've actually had had a, had a situation like that with this traveling model just contacting me. It's like, what? I've been in Stockholm these days. Can we can we shoot? I was like, yeah, no, no worries. And it's like, and in terms of pricing, it's okay. I don't really charge anything. And she was like, no, 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 you're gonna pay me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I get that. But then again, I mean, you will always you need to respect people for their work in general. Mm -hmm. And my my personal belief has always been if I have. I do this mainly as to I like to create I like to meet people in a way or I like to create with creative people so I like to meet sort of like-minded people and I love to help I mean if I can help someone with what I do or what I can do mm. then that, that that gives me joy so that that's my base base premises so if I feel like I have a better financial situation than whoever I'm shooting I mm -hmm. would not take money from that person <laughs> because I mean it's photography my for my situation is just this is a really bad thing for other photographers in, in a way I don't think about this quite a lot because if I'm if I'm out there, I'm shooting people without taking any money. I'm sort of destroying the. I'm taking away business from other people because mm -hmm. they start starting to expect that situation. Mm -hmm. Then again, I also have high demands, and I'll say, okay, I'll only shoot with you, and you will get this amount of images, and we will do it in this way. So it's sort of on my terms in that. Uh, I think what I was getting at is that in this, for for this model, yeah, this model example, the, her job is to travel and to to oh, shoot shit. with people. Mm. Yeah, so I mean that that is her that's that's her livelihood. Yeah. Like she she models for a living, and in that sense, yeah, absolutely. I mm. I need to support that because that that's her full time job. Because mm, everyone needs to eat. <laughs> yeah, 
I uh, totally relate to that as well because I have friends who only do like paid shoot or mostly mm. do paid shoots and I'm more lenient in that case I'll, I'll do a free shoot if the I like the model I like the mm. style I like the idea and then I also think hey and it has happened sometimes before that they would contact my friend and they were like uh, my friend will tell them okay I charge this much and then they would come to me and I would say yeah I'll do it for free and you kind of feel like you're kind of betraying your friend and taking mm. away a client but it's not really that <laughs> I mean it's their own choice if they want to charge money or not. Like, everybody has to eat. And I believe that God has already le- written yeah. my what he's going to give me, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, no so that, that's how I think about it. But, I mean, the way I've been trying to at least come to peace on myself with it is that if I, if I charge, if you pay for the shoot, I mean, it doesn't matter if you pay me 500 or 5,000. If I shoot you and you pay for it, it is your shoot. It is your work, in a way. Um, you can say how many demands that you want. You can ask me to do it in a certain way, and you can sort of put that pressure on me to do things. Mm. Uh, I don't really cope very well with that because <laughs> I will feel a lot of pressure to perform. I will feel a lot of pressure to, um, yeah, you know, the anxiety doesn't yeah, really like expectations. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but if I I do it for myself, then I can say, okay, if I feel fuck, <clears throat> sorry, if I feel uh, no, no, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you just leave. I, I I can do that because I didn't charge you any money. Mm. It's still it's all my work. Uh, I can choose and pick the models I feel like I want to go with. Like if I like the style, if I feel like I can create something, if, if we have a good idea, and it will be my project. Meaning that I set the terms, I set the I set the time frame, and then I can always try. I mean, I always try to supply as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I shoot someone, I always try to have them the previews within the few days, mm-hmm. and I, I like to have finished images within a couple of weeks, normally. But if they pay me, then I sit, I sit, I mean, every single time I've done a paid job, I've been sitting swearing at my computer. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hate these images. I hate these lights. I can't make this the way I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I have to because someone paid me to do it. Has this ever happened to you that the images you felt were so bad you didn't, you made an excuse and then send it to the client or something? With paid images, um, I've always sent something, yeah. Um, but I usually, I mean, those times I, mean, I forget. I did, a, I did like a mingle shoot for a while, while back. I mean, and, and this also, they told me they were super happy with the images. Mm-hmm. They were really, really, really happy with the images. I thought they were all were terrible because the lighting was bad. It was just I didn't have a. It wasn't a situation because it was sort of sort of a vernissage with a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of paintings, a okay. lot of glass, a lot of mm-hmm. reflections. I couldn't mm-hmm. really do any, any flashes. So I did just natural light with spotlights. I, everything just looked terrible. Uh, but they paid me for it. I gave them the images, and I was like, they was like oh, we love it. So I'm like, okay, but I am not happy with it. So I am going to give you a headshot for, every, every, for, for all your staff. Oh, like wow. five people working <laughs> as a tattoo company. Because I feel bad about the images. So I'm just going to do this for free for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Quite generous. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're their friends as well, and I mean, they they they've been struggling with the COVID. Um, it doesn't take me that much time to um, to do it, um, and I figured I'll, I want to help out. That's, yeah, that's my. Um, I have a friend who had a really bad photo shoot. He didn't like any of the pictures. It wasn't yeah. paid, and then he just told the model that the SD card crashed. <laughs> he doesn't have any pictures. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean that. I, I fully, I'm, I'm fully behind that white lie. That is, uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's always, yeah. But the hard thing as well. I mean, people come and ask me to do weddings and things occasionally because they see my, my 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 stuff on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, but all those images are in a controlled circumstance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have control of the lights. I have time. People are saying it's not a run and gun situation like a wedding would be. I cannot guarantee the same results. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's uh, mm. yeah anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's my situ- my situation is completely opposite. I'm mm. more comfortable shooting outside, shooting events yeah. and everything. But I've never done like uh, studio like light setup and everything yeah. like you do. So if someone would ask me, do you do studio? Or have you done? I'm like, yeah. nah. I'm more comfortable doing with natural light. Yeah. It's good fun to play with lights though. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've started, I've started to, um, uh, yeah, I started to understand it more and more when I played around mm-hmm. with it. I actually had a little small epiphany yesterday. It's just like, I've been doing this sort of similar setups and I've just never really understood feed light until mm-hmm. yesterday. This looks great. Why haven't I done this before? <sighs> yeah. So what is feed light when you, you have the shadows and then you fill the shadows with a little bit of light, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's all. Whenever you, whatever you're shooting, I mean, I always my my goal is always to separate the subject from the background from whatever mm-hmm. you're shooting. And you can do this in multiple ways. You can use you can use light to do it. You can use aperture to do it. Mm-hmm. You can use the colors to colors do it. And color, yeah. yeah, you can do you can do a lot of different things and all different areas. Yeah, requires a situation. When you're in a studio, you typically use light to separate mm-hmm. your subject. Um, and then you sort of want to how you want to phrase your subject. Uh, and I've I played around with, um, I got a couple of strip boxes, which basically is give a good rim light, which is, yeah, it's basically, basically painting the edge of the body with the, yeah, with, with the lights. You have mm-hmm. a quite strong light on the edge. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can shape a face, for example, with light, or you can shape it with shadows. Uh, so in this case, I shaped it with light. But the downside about this was it was very, very dark in the, in the middle six, section of her face. I got good outlines, but didn't really get the, the midsection. And I've been trying to to elaborate with the main light, but it's just the issue was when you put the main light or well, the front light a little bit too strong, then yeah, you you need to balance it outwards with the with the side lights, mm-hmm. and that's where sort of fill light is then when you, you know then you use the front light as mm-hmm. a slightly less uh, yeah you use use it but not not as strong as the mm-hmm. side ones. Yeah. So you just light it up so you can see the see some of the details, but you will still you will still not outperform the, uh, the sort main, of shaping yeah. side lights. It's very confusing. So it, it's not easy to show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, but all in that. So yeah, so, it's a, so separation is, uh, mm. is is great. So you can do it plenty of different ways. In the photography community, there is a big divide between people who shoot with natural light and people who shoot with artificial light. And you mostly do artificial light now. Do you still like to do natural light? I've, I've, I've challenged myself a couple of times. I mean, it's always, I mean, the, the thing I really love about photography, I mean, it's a, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a creative person. Um, but I'm I am, say you are. <laughs> yeah, but I am a very nerdy person. Okay. I mean, I have I have this nerd personality. I love to deep dive in stuff. I love to understand things. I love to dissect them to their sort of their core, the whole engineering side of things, which means that okay, when I like when I look at an image, I want to dissect it. Okay, how did they build it? How did they shoot it? How did they? Um, what tools did they use? And how did they use these tools? Mm-hmm. And I've just started using you know, flashlight mainly because I bought a flash. And mm-hmm. I was like, I quite like using it. <laughs> um, but I've also shot a lot of love with natural light. I'm not yeah. going to say I'm a, uh, I'll say the one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both great in different different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you will never get a soft light as, as you have with, with natural lights. Mm-hmm. And if you want to have a fully lit scene, uh, natural light is perfect. You can't really, you can, but it's, it's more complicated to do like a fully lit scene with uh, uh, with flashes. Mm-hmm. So if you want to put something in, <clears throat> in some sort of an environment, you should natural light is, is, is much easier but it's also it, but it's easier to separate the subject with lights when when using strobe or a flash especially indoor setting is way harder to do yeah definitely um, usually because i'm very the reason why i usually tend towards i'll go towards flash <coughs> is that i'm 
as I am very nerdy. I, I used, I'm obsessed with uh, with sharpness. <laughs> I want it as sharp as possible mm -hmm. at all times, which means that I typically I have my ISO settings to 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all over it because that's like it's the lowest I can go, yeah, plus yeah, a little yeah. bit more lower. And that's I usually don't even go past that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's 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 the line, which means that with flash I can I can. I can work and I can set it, all, mm -hmm. set it all up. But if I use natural light, I need to go a bit higher. And I said, and I swear when I edit because I see I see some grain, which is which is <laughs> fine, which is great. It doesn't matter if it's grainy or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, Do you use a film camera? Have you ever ever used it? Um, I no, do not use one currently. Mm -hmm. I did shoot a lot of film when I was uh, younger. Uh, when I sort of when I was like 14, 13, 14, 15, mm -hmm. I shot a lot of film. Uh, I didn't really do anything with it though. I just what was fun mm -hmm. to play around with it then i stopped <laughs> i hate people who use film cameras <laughs> i'm like yeah. it's like to me it's like you we have what iphone 12 what's yeah. the latest one i don't know yeah something like yeah, that. yeah whatever and then <laughs> you're using iphone one why yeah. <laughs> why just to be it, it started as like a hippie move to do all you mm. see all these hipsters yeah. having a and then like kind of migrated to the mainstream photography community and then yeah. also like uh, also uh, like it's my personal opinion yeah. you can do whatever i want Pe photography is very diverse and it's an art people express it in different ways just for me uh, i just cringe at also like people who add posts grain in the <laughs> picture <laughs> you have yeah. you're spending 50 30000 on your gear to minimize and the latest gear is to minimize yeah. the grain and you're just adding it on your own later on <laughs> oh, i just uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely get that. Yeah, it's, it's it's the filthy generation. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I also see the aspect in both of them. I mean, I can I can really appreciate some good grain. I mean, I can definitely do that. Um, and there is a certain you, the some of the effects that you get while shooting film you can't really replicate digitally. Yeah. So I, I see the creative aspect of it. <laughs> um, but then again, I mean, I I've decided to go the different routes. Like I I love high contrast images. Mm -hmm. I love lots of colors. I want. Ex attack sharpness uh, and which is all the things that comes with the uh, yeah with the yeah with the grading gear and the uh, the flashes and all that um, but I mean I've, I've added grain to some images when, no, I, it's, when, it's... I, when I try to do black and white I was like yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna add a little scratch here I'm gonna do a little bit of that yeah to give that give it that feel no I don't mind mm -hmm. using it for creative pur yeah. pur purposes according to what image you want to present the lighting and everything but once you do it like every single like image um... Yeah. yeah, it's the filthy generation. I mean, it's um, there's also I've noticed because of the Instagram, like there's very popular uh, Instagram photographers, and then all of their image are just like one single preset. It's just one single color scheme. I'm like, how? Like so, there's so many like colors, so many settings, and so many different like aspects that go into photography. And why wouldn't you want to show it? Why would you want to just make it orange or like turquoise yeah. or just put one filter in every single thing? Even though that, if you didn't put those filters and use the natural, like the colors in it, it would be much more, to me, it's much more beautiful. Yeah, it's, that's, yeah. It's also like a, it's a creative yeah. choice. I'm just talking yeah, it's about always, it's what always, mine, it, yeah. it just seems ridiculous to me personally. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I mean, there's always, then again, it's, uh, that's also how people's style sort of develop. Mm. I mean, if there's some people that only shoot the dark and the moody, uh, like they will have more suppressed tones that mm -hmm. will have more darkness in them just like for myself i like to shoot high contrast like i want my blacks to be as black as possible <clears throat> i'm not gonna say i stick to one certain color but i have my way of editing mm -hmm. i like to push my colors in a certain way 
then it also I mean if you if you want a lot of followers you need to have a good looking feed yeah yeah and if you have a and lots of the people that do have this a good color toning throughout their feed or at least some appropriate sort mm. of changing they, they usually succeed in that then I like to experiment quite a bit I mean I'm one of my latest obsessions have been uh, <laughs> color coding my feed, actually. And then again, it's not I will stick with one single color. It's always like I try to post, I try to have my posts so that they're sort of correlate or at least transition from one color to another. Mm-hmm. So it will some sort of be related to the yeah. post below. And that takes way too much time than it's worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, not, it's definitely, yeah. definitely not worth it. But yeah. it's, um, and it also makes it harder to create because... I'm limited because like, oh, I need some sort of a dark brownish mm-hmm. background now. Yeah. So I need to shoot that. And I don't have that images now. Okay, what can I book so I can do that? But I also want to post this week. So I don't really know. Yeah, that's uh, not worth it. Mm. But, but it's good fun. I mean, you, uh, I mean, you need a hobby. You need yeah, something yeah, to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't want it to be easy and then it would get boring. <laughs> I mean, if it would be easy and then everyone would be doing it. Yeah, yeah. And if everyone would be doing it, how special would it be to you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where do you usually find ideas that just come up? Do you find inspiration from certain websites or magazines or? Um, yeah, it's quite a lot of Instagram. Um, definitely, and I see things, I save them up and, and do that. But usually it's, it's I mean, I'm, I'm, most of my shoots has all been sort of in the moment. As in we can have a sort of general general idea, like a color or a color mm-hmm. scheme or a, or a place or a location, and I stand up use last model to bring a few few changes so you have a bunch for clothes and then when you do you feel okay what what do you feel like doing and then this is stuff usually evolves at the spots like okay let's try this corner let's try that i'm going to try this lighting okay you want to do this okay then i can try and switch things up to see make sure i can i can get with that mm-hmm. it's usually sort of, of everything usually evolves um we have a, we have a time we have a place and then we sort of we end up creating just whatever we feel like at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, but I, I do have my, I mean, I'm, I think Lindsay Adler is amazing. I have no idea who she is. Oh, she's a fashion <laughs> photographer from the US. Okay. I mean, there's no one that does color as good as she. Her <laughs> her setups is amazing. Is she a fashion photographer? Yeah, she, she's a yeah, fashion photographer. She, I think she literally wrote the book on sort of yellow photography. I never really seen a monochromatic shot that wasn't black and white until I sort of started started look, looking at her feed, which is basically just one one single color and it's all different tones of that color in the same image. Um, but it's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just super I'll inspiring. Check her out. Yeah, I'll check her out. Yeah, definitely. She. Um, mm-hmm. I started to think. Well, yeah, I wonder how old she is, and I realized yeah, she's probably the same age as I am. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you, you know, when we're young and growing up, like you look at all your heroes, like, yeah, no worries, I'm, I got 20 years to go yeah, until yeah, I'm yeah. that age. <laughs> Nowadays, I was like, okay, so I'm turning 34 this year. And I was just, yeah, that's, and that's uh, yeah, it's, just, it's great, but it's younger. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been there already. Yeah, that's the thing when we compare ourselves to others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should never do that, especially, mm-hmm. especially, especially not when it comes to art. I mean, I think, like, well, what did, uh, Ricky Gervais, you know, the comedian. Yeah, I think yeah, he started yeah. comedy when I was like 45 um, or 35 or something quite mm-hmm. late anyway. So, yeah, yeah, you, you can always start new. I have one, one of my greatest inspirations. I used to do, I, I used to do quite a lot of breakdancing back in the days. That was my uh, 
Oh yeah, now I remember yeah. you shared something, and I was like, "What? You do break dancing? How yeah, did that, that was, happen?" Yeah, that was my hobby back in the days. You know, it's, it's, it's all eighties kids. It started with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's sort of evolved. But yeah, but I, I used to practice with this lady. She, uh, when we hung out, she was sixty-seven years old. She started break dancing when she was fifty-nine, and she was always she was, she was probably like one fifty-five, one sixty mm-hmm. long. She called herself the crazy grandma. Uh, she was just always, I mean, she was ripped, always walk around with a big basketball <laughs> yeah. and on. Damn. And she was, she was the most energetic at all the practices. So it's like, yeah, she was she was like a legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the, uh, yeah, she was like, yeah, don't stop, never stop believing. Because, yeah, she started breakdancing when she was 59 years old. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, I stopped a couple of years ago because I started feeling old. And yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, and I was 31. <laughs> yeah, when I think of something, what you said, fifty nine, right? Yeah. yeah. When I think of someone who's fifty nine, they can't even walk up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and she was sixty seven when we practiced. So I mean, she's been going at it for like eight years. Uh, yeah, so she was a legend in the hip hop yeah, community. Yeah. It was uh, it's good fun. I haven't seen her in a while though, but she, uh, I, bet, I bet she's doing great. Mm-hmm. It's quite weird how we have these t- set timelines, uh, stereotypical. What do you call it? Like stereotypes? No. This is yeah. societal norms, you can yeah. say, that we have, okay, you need to have kids at this age, you need yeah. to have made this much money in this age. But when you look at some of the like the people who are successful in their own fields, like some of them are started from early age, some of them uh, became famous way later on. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Like uh, uh, I watch UFC and then there's this guy, Khabib, maybe you've heard mm. of him. So he just retired recently, I think at, 30 or 35 yeah. and there's this another guy Anderson Silva and they're both like one of the greatest and then he started his career at 30 or 35 yeah. so you can just compare like both are on the top of their field but the age difference is so yeah. different like there's no comparison you can't compare you know yeah no absolutely I mean I'm, I think that there's a rational aspect to all thing especially when it comes to like elite uh, yeah, fighting or yeah, any yeah, yeah. sort of sports in that way because your your body doesn't heal as good mm-hmm. and you, you break more easily. Uh, but then again, you can always compensate that with more practice and training, mm-hmm. but it will get harder after a while yeah. um, in that sense. Some people are built different. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Just, that's just how it is. But then when it comes to like creative things, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's stopping you from starting because yeah. just, just because you're 45 or 55 or, mm-hmm. or whatever. There's no rationale behind it. If you, if you enjoy it, if you want to get better at it, I mean, I've always looked at, I've always loved looking at great images. I always loved looking at great portraits. Mm-hmm. I always thought like, one day, one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm-hmm. create that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I just sunk a lot of hours in it and I'm, I'm closing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not there yet. But I mean, I'm, I'm getting closer every day. <laughs> so it's quite weird. Even in photography, there are so many different styles. Like you like to do portraits. I have other people who like to play with light a lot. And then I personally like to capture moments and do like the journalistic side of things. And like, I don't think it's explainable why you like them. It's just like something in your mind just says, yeah, this is the right thing. And this is what I want to do. Like, I remember this, uh, it's a really famous picture in Ghana or uh, I don't remember like a specific African country which was going through a famine and there's a really famous picture of this like uh, a girl, a small girl who's dying of starvation. She's like basically a skeleton yeah. and there's a vulture on the side looking yeah. at her and that's like a really powerful image. I remember yeah. seeing that when I was young and then like, yeah, that's like, 
And I think the f photographer committed suicide because that image, just taking that image and taking it all in, had a really huge impact on him. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Hmm. Yeah, it's always. I think I mean it's in my. Yeah, I'm, I'm only gonna speak from my experience, my thoughts on it. I mean, I, I do believe we initially you have some sort of feeling about okay, I like this sort of images. Like for example, if you say yeah, you want to you want to capture moments. That's a great way of doing it. And then, then when you start shooting, you start shooting that, you will always get more comfortable with the thing that you're shooting the most. Mm -hmm. So me, for example, I've, I've just dedicated the past two years to shooting portraits. I sunk a lot of time into doing portraits because I thought I, that was initially what I liked. And then when you start doing a bit more, you start feeling like you're getting better at it and you're getting better at it. And then when you're trying something new, you feel like, okay, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rotate back to my comfort zone mm -hmm. where I know what I'm doing, which means that I will probably continue to evolve within portraits. I try to shoot other things occasionally, but I don't feel like I'm as good at it as I'm at with this, and I sort of revert back to the comfort zone. <laughs> so I think my point is that I, I believe that you, the more you do something, the more you build your comfort zone up. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of creating our niches. <laughs> um, I don't want to classify myself, I don't want to shut anything out and turn it out, but I, I know that I will be very uncomfortable shooting street photography because every, every, every person I'm sort of like my, I'm, I'm doing my camera towards, I will think, okay, he's gonna look at me and yeah, feel like yeah. I'm a weird person. He's mm -hmm. taking this photo, and I don't want that feeling, so I'm just gonna skedaddle yeah, yeah, and run yeah. away, and also not take the shot because I'm a, I'm a scared of that interaction. Yeah, because mm -hmm. that's that's out of my comfort yeah, zone yeah. Uh, in that sense. Uh, would you consider being a full-time professional photographer if you had uh, like if there was the proper money in there and everything? Absolutely. I mean, the the, the down the, the the key here is the money. Money situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about it a few times. I mean, for for example, the uh, this this end of the summer, I was I was I was out of a job. I mean, I've, I had quite a decent orchestra. So I mean, I, I did good, but it was always like okay. So my plan B is I start off my photography business. Uh, but in order to get, I mean, the amount of well, get to that level. Uh, to to sort of have that appropriate mm -hmm. income that's what we would compare with a mm -hmm. full time job after a master's degree or whatever, uh, you need to go. You need you need to you need quite a lot of things. You need, you need your studio. You need to have your. Uh, you need to work to more to more more companies. Mm -hmm. um, like basically come going commercial in a good way, because yeah. uh, that's I mean you, there's, there's a lot of money in in commercial uh, creation. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and you, but you, but you, need, you need you need to you need to gain that entry. You need to get those contacts. You need mm -hmm. to have the resources to be able to, to yeah. solve those yeah. images. And um, in my experience, there's a high step there. Even though there lot there's a lot of money, like the there are very few opportunities here in Stockholm. Most photographers I know they have some kind of other job that they're doing. Yeah. While if I consider like compared to Pakistan, like you can easily be a full time photographer and earn so much money. Yeah. Yeah, I think the downside about Sweden in general is that the um, the willing to pay for 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 photos or photography, at least for a, for a common man or for uh, I'm gonna say common man for for non businesses, mm -hmm. is, is is very low. Um, Why do you think that? I, I, I don't just... know. This is this is this is how it is. I mean, in mm -hmm. like in the U.S., for example, it's quite a lot. You can basically do wedding photography. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the pricing there and the pricing here, uh, this is paying for good images is something. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, here, here's people who's expecting you to do it for free or for, or for very, very little. 
exposure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get exposure. Yeah, that doesn't really put food on my table, though. Mm. Yeah, you, you get the point. So, so I, I don't know. That's just my experience here. That Sweden is very, they don't really value that sort of thing, especially as, as, as a private person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why. But then again, so you, so you, need, you need to hit that commercial market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a very high entry point. Mm-hmm. You need to be really, really good. And you need to have the appropriate, I mean, probably a good studio or at least good studio equipment. And then also have, have the contacts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's, it's a challenge to get up there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just maybe they... I mean, we're also not, not a very service-oriented country in a way. I mean, if, if we take... If you look at the U.S., for example, they're—I mean—they—they they always tip their—they always tip the waiter. Yeah. Waiter. They have a tipping culture. They have a service culture in a way that when people doing service for you, you—you—the service is not really included. You pay extra for that service. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if someone then comes in a photographer giving you the service of photography, it's very obvious. They obviously should pay this person good money for for a service. While in Sweden, people assume that everything's everything's included in whatever. Mm. Sort of price is fearing that they're having. We also don't really like interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, I never thought about that aspect. Um, One thing could also be that in the U.S., for example, or just like in Pakistan, like everything is so much like private. Like people are struggling. Like the minimum wage is so low, and you have to pay for your healthcare and everything. While here in Sweden, most of the things are like publicly like free healthcare and everything. So people are more lax. They're not in that mindset. Yeah. Oh, I'm struggling with financially. And they don't really consider maybe another photographer is struggling financially in that way that they need that money. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they could could be. Yeah, mm. or or at least if you if you're used to paying for everything, adding another thing to to the list is a not it's not it's not that big yeah, of a deal. So. But if you're only paying for a limited amount of things, adding a new thing would be like for example adding in a photography in the mix uh, would then be a lot more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel. I mean, I, for example, myself, I'm, a, I'm sort of half planning a wedding in a couple of years or in a year, depending. Your own wedding. Yeah, my own wedding. Oh, congrats! <laughs> yeah, thank you. Do so you yeah, need I'm, a photographer? So, yeah, I mean, honestly, the thing that I'm most anxious about, because yeah, yeah, obviously we need COVID to go down so we can actually have have the party. But you know, the, it's like, okay, how am I gonna do with the photographer? Yeah, exactly. Because. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know I have my overly control disorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also know what I what I, what a good photographer should charge. Mm-hmm. I don't have that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, you're not gonna like their pictures because no. Just yeah. okay. So then, so in that situation, okay. So should I then ask someone to do it? But will I get to pick it? Will I? Will I? How am I there trying to direct them? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, no, no, no. You shouldn't do this. This is this is very bad. You should do this instead. So suddenly, I am the micromanaging person yeah, that yeah, I hate yeah. myself, but yeah, I'm shooting. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah, so that, that that is a very high anxiety. You should be your own photographer and just Photoshop yourself in all yeah, the images. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then again, so I was trying to see is okay. How can I? So that's actually a question I've been I've been talking to myself about. Okay, how should I how should I do this appropriately? Because mm. I want I want to give I want to give the person good pay for their job, um, because it's that's that's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah. Yeah. I would want I would do. But then again, I can also okay, but maybe I can just edit the photos myself mm. if that would be fine with. I mean, if that would be, uh, then, then again, also, program. I would not allow that <laughs> because I was like, okay, if you hire me, you hire me. And that's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But then again, I can also, I, I can also go to a friend's wedding and just click, click the button. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. here, thank you for your, for your time. 
Yeah, just don't it. do any photography. Just tell your wife. Oh, we'll just have it in our memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah. So, how long have you been with your? Uh, what do you call it? Girlfriend, fiance. Yeah, it's fiance now. Fiance. Uh, now we've been together for about seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And most Swedish people uh, don't do weddings. How did you come to the decision? Oh, she wants to. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it makes her it makes her happy, mm-hmm. and I want to make her happy. Yeah. That's the uh, that's my goal in life. Uh, what does she think about you spending all this much money on photography gear? Well, I mean, the um, the first key to a happy marriage, happy marriage, happy relationship is never tell your your wife or significant other how much your hobby costs. <laughs> <laughs> there is this uh, isn't there this jo- joke in the in the photography community. It's like, yeah, my biggest fear is that when I die, my wife will sell my equipment for what I said I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So now, but we have we, we have separate economy in a way, and it's always. I mean, I I can do what I. I mean, like we do sim. We have separate, but also not. I mean, yeah, I'll, she spends in her own on her own yeah, hobbies. I mean, she, you spend her on your own hobbies. Yeah. yeah, she she makes her money and spends it on things that she likes. I make my my money. I spend mm-hmm. things that I like. We share food and other mm-hmm. other living expenses. Yeah, yeah, and the cool. dog and all that. So that's um, yeah. Uh, did you finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Uh, yes. Did you like it? I haven't played it yet. No. Uh, have you played other Assassin's Creeds? I mean, the uh, the reason why I sort of stutter is that I'm not sure how much I should share about my experiences with what, it. Are you spoiler alert or what? No, nah, I mean, not story wise. I mean, I, I I love the I love the entire the play time of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sunk probably a hundred hours into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, easily. Um, I had a technical bug about seventy hours in, mm-hmm. um, which which have forced me to take a break for for like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Because it was just this one mission that just locked they locked me out. It couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like you say, go here and deliver this, and that person was not there. Mm-hmm. Sort of, it was a bug. Mm-hmm. It was fixed now, though. Uh, but yeah, how does it compare to the previous games? Which which ones have you played? All of them. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I, I play I played all the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've, I play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. The, the the reason why I'm doubting is that I'm I'm not really sure if I. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say any game spoilers. Uh, but I have my own opinions on. It's been out for so long. This yeah. Uh, I don't no, think no. I mean, I, I I felt a bit empty when it was finished, okay. and not empty in the way that I mean, I felt like there was a f- so many things that were left uh-huh. open. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they. I mean, it's, it's even come to part. I started googling like endings, uh-huh, okay. trying to understand it because uh, I mean, they had a they had a proper end story, but I just didn't. I didn't feel that the end was. Uh, satisfying. Satisfying. Mm. Didn't really fit the. Uh, it wasn't the uh, sort of crescendo mm. that I wanted. Um, so I felt I, the same thing with Odyssey. When you finished, you know, the one big part of the game in Odyssey is the the war that you have to fight between. You have to take sides between the Spartans and the Athenians, yeah. and then once you win, no, nothing happens. It doesn't have any major role. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Similar feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, I felt more satisfied with with Odyssey because mm-hmm. that you, know, you had the family arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it sort of closed that one up, uh, mm-hmm. which which felt great. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's just it's a great game. I mean, I yeah. loved I loved playing it. I mean, the open world was just uh, was just very well done, mm-hmm. and it's just something about roaming around as a Viking. And I think the uh, the progression was was quite great as well. Did you have the wolf to ride? No, I didn't. No, just the horse. Yeah, that's the horse. I didn't. I didn't find out that many secrets. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I still feel like I have a lot of things that I haven't done in it. But I'm currently at this at this this hard stage that I I don't have a good game to play at the moment, which saddens me. 
I don't, don't have anything to deep dive. What kind of games do you usually like? Like multiplayer, story based, or? Um, I have a, I play on all different devices. Um, currently, I'm in I'm in the middle of a sale. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I just bought a house, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm in the middle of selling my apartment. So I have my editing and gaming PC station. Mm -hmm. I moved it out of the apartment because apparently it wasn't as aesthetically pleasing <laughs> as the rest of the things. Yeah. So, so yeah, they pretty much forced me to, to to remove it in order to be able to sell the apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm, so I haven't played that much video games currently. I mean, I go to my parents' house where I have it, then I sit mm -hmm. there and I edit, and I mm -hmm. come back home. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really spend that much time gaming. But, but usually console gaming's uh, big open worlds. Like role-playing games, story-based, story-driven yeah. big games. I like the similar. That's yeah. the. Uh, I just want to sit on my couch and just deep dive into the story. Mm -hmm. Feel like I'm a part of the movie and mm -hmm. sort of forget about the world for a way. Yeah. So that's my way of handling the normal anxiety in today's today. Yeah, uh, I love the Black Flag. It's probably oh, one of yeah. my favorite games. It's yeah. Like, I sometimes still go to YouTube and watch those some of the cutscenes, and they're very emotional and everything. Yeah. The story was so amazing in that game. Yeah, I mean, I love Black Flag as well. I mean, I had an amazing time playing for it. And the it's quite funny because it's also the only sort of Assassin's Creed game without an actual purpose. Because all the other games always sort of hit in some sort of mm. big purpose, you know, mm -hmm. save the world, etc., yeah. etc. All this other thing going around, and all Black Flag was about was getting booty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just it's all about getting getting that gold. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so it wasn't any greater things than that. It's still, it's, I love the mechanics of it. It was mm. and also the, the sailing and part the sailing, was yeah. really good. And they tried to recreate that with Odyssey, and it's just, it wasn't the same without no, the guns. No, no. It wasn't the same. Yeah, and the sea shanties. Oof, oh that yeah, really that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah that's, that's what's your opinion on how you know i don't like how assassin's creed moved away from the assassin's creed part of the lore and everything it's just more about the game or is each game has its own storyline while the previous games i think up until uh what was it i think uh origins was the last one where they had a lot of the assassin's creed like the the, the group whatever like templar and assassins that was a big part of the game yeah. I didn't like that they moved away from it. They yeah. Like well, if you take Odyssey, hmm. I don't know about Valhalla, but if you take Odyssey and put another name on it, you can still play it as another game. Yeah, that's true. It, it does have a uh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah, the, previous games had this like Apple of Eden or yeah. like this Templar conspiracy or whatever that kind of stuff. I mean, it's still it's still there, it's still present. It's just mm -hmm. that they, um, I mean, they, I mean, for for Odyssey, for example, talking about the staff of, um, of yeah. Irish or uh, uh, Hermes, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they they have this fancy staff mm -hmm. um, that sort of walks through at least and gives eternal life and all that. Uh, yeah, and they changed the Templars to the the cult of Cosmos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they have another another name for the Templars in um, in um, Valhalla. In yeah. Valhalla. Mm -hmm. So it's the same storyline, it's just that not Templar. But then again, it's also considering that there's different time areas and all mm. everything evolves yeah. and they have different naming. I don't think that's too, too too weird. I mean, the biggest changes is that they suddenly they make it more of an open world leveling situation. They can't just go around and assassinate whoever you want. Mm. Um, so it's up and I mean, I, I like I liked the open world aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I really liked Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I mean, I. I loved it. I mean, I started rewatching Vikings, <laughs> and they just feel everything Viking related. Yeah. Um, so did you watch the series Vikings? Uh, yeah. That's did a, did I you mean, finish it? No, mm -hmm. I went like season five or something. 
That's um, it's, it's a good editing series. I like to have it on my second screen when I do Photoshop. So you can multitask like that. I don't like. I'm I'm listening to podcasts usually when I'm editing, but I can like watch something else at the same time. Whatever. Depends. I mean, it's I, I take more breaks when I watch Vikings, and then when I watch like uh, mm-hmm. it's always sounding Philadelphia or something like that, because it's because uh, okay, now it's a cool scene. I need to watch it. And yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's currently it's it's as I have since I've, I've done. I mean, since I spent maybe twenty hours in a week editing, a bit less now lately, but. I have I have my sort of set workflow. I know what I'm sort of what I'm doing, so yeah. it's sort of in the backbone, and I sort of add tiny t- bits to it. So I sort of have it fairly automated, um, which means I can do other things. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Whenever I'm trying to focus, like I can't, I can't write work emails and have have a series on because yeah, then I yeah, can't yeah. focus yeah. my mind. Mm-hmm. But I want to do like campaign setups or doing like oof, I'm working with numbers, like the building Excel spreadsheets or formulas or. Mm-hmm coding or whatever then I, I I don't have I have no issues with having something in the background mm-hmm. um, as long as I don't need to formulate any words yeah, yeah. I'm all good okay usually did you play cyberpunk um yes and no I've uh, I spent about 25 hours in it I um I like the premise I was really hyped for the game um I played it on the PS4 which means that that was the worst version, right? That is absolutely the worst, worst version. <laughs> um, I actually got a game. I actually got a day off work just to play Cyberpunk. Because <laughs> that's, that's that was sort of a PR trick. <laughs> no, that was great because we, uh, yeah, because because I work with Twitter uh, currently, and they you were uh, like, take that, Corpo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I was a street kid. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. So, so, so I work with Twitter, and they uh, see the project read that the Cyberpunk had a. Uh, I mean, they sunk so much. They had yeah. a major launch on Twitter. Yeah, they yeah. put in so much money in Twitter uh, globally, which is, I mean, that's that's where you launch games. That's a, that's a good platform to be mm-hmm. at. So they uh, so internally or like globally in our organization, uh, they wanted to uh, do a thing out of it. So it's like, okay, everyone that's a gamer gets a copy of the game and they get a day off to write Cyberpunk and mm-hmm. then we just do a case about it. So I was literally paid to sit on my couch playing Cyberpunk and tweeting about it, <laughs> uh, which was great. <laughs> Did you have to be like all like sugarcoat the tweet? Oh, it's so good. And no, 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 no. It's just uh, honest opinions. It's just mm-hmm. like tagging, hyping, and retweeting stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's not nothing. It was no, no reviews are yeah. attached to it. It's just you, I like you the main, show people that you played it. Yeah, I like the main storyline and sound effects were really good. Uh, I didn't like the mechanics. Like felt very like old or basic, like the fighting mechanics and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I can agree. Then again, I was I have twenty five hours mm-hmm. in the PS four version, and graphics were just terrible mm-hmm. and there's a lot, lot of lags and a lot of loading times it was just there was some mission i had to restart the restart the console because as yeah it was like i mean the uh, the uh, the prologue where you're just hanging out in the car shooting your uh, shooting a shotgun yeah yeah but yeah. it's just that i didn't have a shotgun in my hand <laughs> it's like everything i mean the uh, the sound were there the yeah, all the emotions yeah, yeah, were yeah. there no shotgun, yeah. so I couldn't. I mean, there was there was no bullets, yeah, so yeah. I was just I would just be dead every single time because <laughs> I couldn't shoot him because yeah. there was a bug. Uh, yeah, so that's. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna play it. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the PS5 to get in, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll then I'll do it whenever they've sort of fixed it. So I sort of decided to uh, to take a step back, wait until they fix the worst things, and then try and get the full experience. Mm-hmm. 
I have an addicted like uh, behavior as well when it comes to some things like I would get when I get into something I would get really addicted to it I would put so much effort into it but then suddenly like after a week or two I would also get like bored really easily so it's like these moments of like okay I'm investing so much time in cyberpunk and then a week later I'll be like ah, I don't want to play that anymore yeah. like recently my friend got me into League of Legends and then I was on vacation two weeks ago yeah. and I started playing and then like I put so many hours. One match is like thirty minutes. Yeah, it could take even an hour. Super addictive. Yeah, and then I haven't played in like a week. <laughs> I'm like done with it. <laughs> yeah, there's always up and down. I mean, the new the new one is Valheim. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, no, it's that's quite fun. We work with those. Uh, it, it's a Swedish company that, mm. that built it and sent it out. Okay. And yeah, so yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I work with him. The uh, the coffee thing series to sort of help, and we well we help promote him on Twitter. And they're just baffled by how the amazing success. I was like, yeah, we were internally guessing maybe selling eighty thousand copies, mm. and then like five million plus. Wow! <laughs> so great success, great game though. That's yeah, cool. I saw PewDiePie play it as well recently. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's mm. blowing up. It's, which is, awesome because it's a small mm. indie game. It's like Minecraft in mm. that sense, because um, it's you know small indie developer and being so mm-hmm. popular worldwide. But yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the same when it comes. To, when it comes to anything, I mean, two hundred fifty percent or zero. There's yeah, no, yeah, there's yeah. no in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always just, just straight at it, go for it. Uh, yeah, I played a lot of Dota in my days. Mm-hmm. Um, still play it occasionally. Um, I did some League of Legends, but it's mainly because you know I have friends to play. It's nice. It's always nice to play with friends. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's good fun to do gaming. It's, it's, it's a great way to uh, sort of shut out the. Uh, the outside yeah. world and just focus for a bit you probably heard the like the notion that conservatives bring up that oh games cause people to commit violence or something like that like I'm uh, totally against it I don't believe that but in some cases uh, it depends on like g- let me give you an example uh-huh. uh, I have this friend and his younger brother he was very young and you know have you, you probably played Mortal Kombat and you have to do all these fatalities and all stuff oh, yeah, like yeah. that they rip people's spines out yeah and then he the younger brother he was super young and he didn't know he would watch that and he would try that with like insects and shit so you kind of know okay where his mentality is going you know yeah. so I mean it's the same thing with news like news channels play like what a terrorist attacks or show bombings and all that stuff you never say that hey that's causing violence yeah no, I mean, there, there's always been violence, and there hasn't mm. always been video games. Yeah. And to this day, there's no peer-reviewed research that supports mm. that video game causes violence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as research and facts goes, that's usually how they're done. I mean, you do testing, uh, you peer-review it, and mm. then you, you check mm. the outcome. If the if the, if the test supports the hypothesis, then it's then it's yeah, usually yeah. stated as facts, and you they haven't found anything like that yet. There's no no studies that that show it. Um, it's the same yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, they should do the opposite they should encourage people playing more video games because people who actually like uh, I'm not generalizing but sometimes in some cases people who actually do some kind of crime or whatever it's mostly because they're like they're lonely or uh, they don't have anyone who loves them or they're not part of a group or something One us, they want to be somewhere where they belong and like video games is actually a good uh, outlet for them to express yeah. their feelings or spend their time make online friends or whatever yeah absolutely I mean um, we're, as, as humans or as, as people that we are I mean we were social animals mm-hmm. we want to have our group we want to have our we have a great need of belonging um, I mean belonging is one of the biggest needs that we have 
and you will find search for belonging wherever. I mean, you you can find it in your family. If you don't have your family, you can find it in your friends. If you don't have your friends, you will try finding it in other ways. Mm. And the fact that we have all these great communities coming up, that we that people just find internet friends and just hang out and play with them, I mean, that creates belonging. Yeah, yeah. And that is very good for your health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, especially mental health, because uh, yeah. that, that's one of your core needs. And if you can't fill that core needs, you will be unsecure and you will probably feel very bad. So, I mean, there's obviously there's always going to be bad things about everything. You can't, there's always going to be one or two cases where things are not, I mean, I think things are not great. Uh, but in the big picture, I think that video, video gaming is definitely helping everyone. As in, they will they will help your kid or yourself to develop social skills. They will help you develop tactical skills. Mm-hmm. They will help you develop communicational skills. Yeah. Um, it's so very like also research has shown it's good for your hand eye coordination and yeah, decision making skills and everything. Definitely, because you get forced to do quick decisions in a short time. Mm-hmm. Also, depending what kind of game you're playing, obviously. But you are you are yeah. constantly set into these trials, and mm-hmm. you will always be educating yourself into overcoming them, mm-hmm. and sort of trial and error and your way forward. And then as well the communities and and the sort of the chatting and that that sort of that basis as well. So yeah, then obviously it's always going to be the uh, the guy that kills the insects. Or it's, it's always going to be some story about one guy whose little brother sold all his epics and then he just punished him very hard yeah. because because of that. But in in the big picture, I mean this. Same sort of dialogue with guns in the U.S., for example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, no, no, pe- guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah, but then again, people without, it's much easier for people with a gun to kill someone if they, and if they don't have a gun. Yeah, sorry, I don't, don't want to go into that. Um, no, let's go into it. I don't <laughs> mind, because I have a pro-gun stance, because I believe yeah. if someone wanted to kill you and wanted to have a gun, yeah. It doesn't matter if you if they're if they can get a gun easily at Walmart or they can get it at black market, they will get it. Yeah. I think I mean take Switzerland for example, they have more guns per capita than the U.S. and there are no gun shooting or school shooting. It's not the gun problem. I think it's more of a social society problem. Yeah, I mean it's but, a it is it is a problem on only many levels, and I think the best thing that the US can do is just to move all the guns all together mm-hmm. initially. Yeah, it's just super easy. There. I mean that, that that's a very very easy very easy fix. But it's all about availability, and it's all about how many mm-hmm. how easy it is to do something, how easy it is to fall into that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, obviously you can say if you someone really wants to kill you, they will probably kill you. Mm-hmm. But most gun deaths aren't the people that really wants to kill you. Most gun deaths happen by accident. Most mm-hmm. gun deaths is because. They have the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. They get this fixed idea, then they do it. Um, and if you don't need a lot of money and you don't, you, you have this easily availability. The only blocker is your own mental health and your own sort of situation. Yeah. Will I? Will I not do it? <laughs> yeah. So if you if you have a situation where where you are, your guns are prohibited, I mean, you will still, as you say, you'll still be able to do it if you really want to. But it will give you, you have to put a lot more money, have yeah. a lot more effort, yeah, a yeah. lot more risk into yeah. the initial planning phase, and uh, and that's why I I am definitely against guns in that mm-hmm. sense because you need to take away the availability. Yeah, yeah. And then you have all these other problems. I mean, I'm I know US has USA has a lot of problems with racism as well, and they have a uh, and I think personally I believe a big issue why people get gunned down is because they have a gun culture, because every single police there always assumes that everyone they stop is armed yeah, exactly. and can kill them at any mm-hmm. point because that is the law. Yeah. And when you add racism on top of that, people will get shot. Yeah. 
And if they wouldn't have a gun law, as in if there were no guns whatsoever, mm-hmm. they would go in with the mentality, okay, they probably yeah. don't have the tools to kill me right this second. They can't use the self-defense claim in court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so so that sort of adds on all, all, all the other problems. Yeah. Um, so because there will always be some sort of racism. There will always mm-hmm. be some sort of that. But if you add racism and add the fact that people always, okay, mm-hmm. everyone can kill me at any single point because they have easy access to guns. Then you will get shootings. Yeah, and you yeah. will get unnecessary shootings, and you will get all those sort of situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's why I'm against guns. Yeah, yeah, true. That's my rational argument. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Now you're saying I I agree to whatever you're saying, like yeah. most of it. But in the U.S., you can buy guns as you buy like a pack of chips. But I believe there should be strong regulation to check a person's background, their mental health issues, or whatever it is. But it's just too easy there. Yeah, it's all about, I think we, what we sort of slightly touched on before, it's all about the, if people need to work for something, they will be more inclined to, uh, to st- I mean, if, if they work yeah, for, yeah, towards yeah. something, they'll be more inclined to keep it. Mm-hmm. If they just are given things, they will not be as inclined to keep it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you just give people guns, shit might happen. If they actually have to work hard to obtain that gun, they will, yeah. they will care for it, yeah. they will care for the situation, they will care for laws, they will care for the rules, because mm-hmm. it means something to them because they put effort into obtaining it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could definitely have a gun culture where you take a lot of effort for people to obtain the guns, because then they will be less implied, less theoretically, mm-hmm. um, less, um, less likely to do something else mm-hmm. with it or that, that, yeah. that way, in my opinion. Take away their guns and give them cameras to shoot something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the good thing about that's usually what I say. My, my my big pitch, it's like yeah, if your if your son picks up a photography, that's the best thing that can happen yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean they will never afford drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, uh, one more thing I wanted to t- touch up on is this um, this kind of secrecy element in photography, where I have a friend who. I don't want to name him, but who firmly believes that if he has like a location in Stockholm, which is really good for a photo shoot, he wouldn't share it with anyone. And he says, oh, why would I share it? Because I've done all the work and yeah. people just expect. But I have another thinking. I'm like, like uh, if I have a really good location, for example, I found this podcast studio and then there are other po- podcast people who want to use it and they've done no effort. They just ask me where you're shooting. I love shooting podcasts and I want the culture of podcasting or photography to Mm. grow and I want other I love it so much I want other people to love it as well so why wouldn't you just help the other person what's your opinion on it would you like share tools like there's also an aspect of okay if I give the tools of what uh, what makes me unique then my uniqueness is gonna go away but just because you give your paintbrush to another person that doesn't mean they're gonna create your own art so we they're like these two different ideologies. Yeah, no, Where do you stand on it? I'm definitely uh, pro community over competition. Um, I mean, I I I help people wherever I can, whenever I can. I spent so much time just talking to strangers about how to fix things. I mean, there's if someone shoots me a random message and just ask me how how to do lighting, I will I can spend an hour just talking to photography about them because I mean I I just like I just like helping people. Um, and I I I I think I also know this person you're talking about, uh, not naming names. Um, and I also I mean when it comes to locations, I can also see because I mean if you the downside if you shoot at a lot of like abandoned places, if you shoot at a lot of places that are like hey if a lot of if this will 
become a known spot, mm. then it will disappear. Yeah. Because, I mean, if people know about it, then the, com- the, the government will yeah, 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 yeah. remove it. So in a sense, if you start sharing those spots, then, then nobody's will, will be able to use it. No, exactly, because yeah. then it will start to disappear. So they, I mean, there's that aspect to the spots, to, to especially the uh, the abandons. I mean, the entire uh, the entire abandoned places community is all about going out, exploring, sharing that you explore something, but not sharing the location. That's that's that community. Um, so I mean, I, I can see that approach. But mm-hmm. uh, well, when it comes to uh, like photographer techniques, uh, tips uh, t- and tips, tips and all that. Yeah. I'm all about sharing. I mean, that's there's um, it's actually quite. Um, I don't know if you've started any in innovation or like product development or that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Toyota is sort of the um, when it comes to sort of yeah in, in innovative cultures and a way to build build cultures in a in a sort of factory setting. Toyota is usually is usually used as a leading example. Mm-hmm. Um, they built they built they built great cars and had a great system for it. And what they did was they went out and they. Sh- and when everyone asked, they shared everything. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, this is our cut, this is our this is our structure, this is how we do it, this is our setup, this is this is our idea, this is mm-hmm. how we plan on th- doing things. Uh, they do a lot of servant leadership. It's basically, it's all the managers are there just to facilitate the workers to be able to do their work. Mm-hmm. And when when asked why, it says, okay, but people can take all our tools, but they won't be able to to succeed mm-hmm. unless they adapt the culture mm-hmm. <laughs> and the culture about what they've been building throughout all these years. So you can take all the tools, you can tell people what to do, do what to do, but if you don't adapt the culture and make the culture your own, mm-hmm. you won't succeed at it. So it's the same thing about the paintbrush and the painter. I mean, if I I have no ideas, I have no issues with sharing all of my Photoshop skills that I've obtained from mm-hmm. seeing others. Because I was like, okay, I will still create the way I do, and you will use the tools in a way to create whatever you do. And if I can help you to realize new things, then I'll be happy about it. And you won't steal my work because of it, because my work will still be my own. Because, yeah. I mean, I can, sure, sure if I spend 20 hours a week or for two, two, three years doing something particular, I mean, just because I tell you how to use Dodge and Burn in Photoshop doesn't mean that you will get to that yeah, same level directly mm-hmm. because you haven't spent 20 hours a week to, 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 during two years to, to achieve it. But you should always feel encouraged by your community. Because uh, it's a sense of belonging. Like mm-hmm. you wanna, you wanna be able to help people. You wanna be able to belong. You wanna be able mm-hmm. to support and do. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a long sort of speech. Yeah, that no, purpose, no, no. But I'm yeah, it's <laughs> good. yeah, I understand. Makes sense. Okay, last important question before we go away: <sighs> Is your dog a good boy? He is the best of boys. <laughs> I mean, we can't even talk about how good of a boy he is uh-huh. unless he is the definition of a good oh, boy. Oh, damn. The. Uh, <laughs> And that makes you a good parents as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I, 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 try, I try to be a good dog daddy. He's a... Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, we call him Albus Dumbledog. <laughs> because obviously we yeah. like puns. Yeah. And he also looks like a little old man. <laughs> or a wizard. Mm-hmm. And then we found out that Albus means white in Latin, which is <laughs> fairly practical because yeah. he's mostly white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Cool, man. It was really amazing having you here. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to you. I'm, 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 I'm happy for you to let, let me ramble into a microphone <laughs> no, no, no. for a, an hour and 15 minutes. I got to learn a lot of new things. Um, you want to plug in your Instagram? Your, do you have a website? Um, yeah, Instagram is fine. That's uh, yeah, yeah, I'll put it in the description. Yeah, I'm at David Gebrick. I do have a website, but I haven't really updated it in a while. Mm, and it pretty much says the same thing. It's, cool. it, it has a picture of my, yeah. it has my face on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's 
people can contact you on your Instagram. Yeah, it's always. I mean, cool. the, yeah, if, you, if you're into photography, if you like shooting portraits, so always want to you know chat about. I mean, I'll, the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, I quite enjoy having people that actually want to listen to what I'm saying, which is uh, which is good fun. Yeah, so yeah. Usually, like my, my normal my normal friends, they're not non photographers. Mm-hmm. Are getting very tired of me rambling about <laughs> photography, so I just need an outlet of people to talk <laughs> okay. about photography too. <laughs> I should make you a regular guest here then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, if you, if you have any questions, if you do whatever, and if I, if I can help you in any way possible, um, if I'm able to, I will definitely do that. So just reach out, send me a text. Congratulations on your future wedding. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, it's a big year. And your fiance and Fian- your dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We finally finally getting him. He, we are finally getting him in a garden now. So twenty mm-hmm. first of May, we're moving into our house. It'll be. Uh, yeah, congratulations on that. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean it's it feels bad to say that I had a good year because of all the COVID and all that's going on, but uh, it's been a good year. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah, I had yeah. a good year as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for you. Yeah, Mosa Mosa. Yeah, now we're here. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah, on this podcast, maybe again. Same. Yeah, always, man. I mean, I'm I'm really happy you reached out. Yeah, always, always good hanging out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Peace be upon you all. Bye bye. <laughs>